and welcome to episode 246 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan. And as usual, I've got Tony with me here today. Hey, T, how's it going? It's good. I'm drinking a delicious IPA from a new brewery here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, called Ebbs, E-B-B-S, um, located right off of Bedford Avenue and North 8th. Uh, great, great brewery. Good place to go sit. I do a lot of writing there now. Um, mm. Got a, a wide array of beers, so they don't just do IPAs. They have an outstanding, the best stout in the neighborhood, I would say. Um, they got a good Kolsch, a lager, uh, Pilsner, uh, a couple IPAs. Um, so a, a diverse uh, diverse set of, uh, of beers. And uh, I've, I've officially ranked them. They're my fifth favorite um, in, in the Williamsburg, uh, Greenpoint, Bed-Stuy, Bushwick, area they're i think the fifth best brewery in the area what's number one through to four well i, I i'll give you one through ten okay how about that way okay for <laughs> sure so i base this based off of 60 percent the the taste of the beer just the quality of the beer 20 percent of the ambiance of the brewery and 10 percent on cost so number 10, we'll go backwards in reverse order, build up to the drama, right? Mm. So number 10 is uh, this bar. It's getting a lot of play. Uh, it's always jam-packed. Is this place called Talea, T-A-L-E-A. Um, female-owned brewery. They got a write-up in the New York Times. So it's kind of a hip-hop happening place to be. S- smaller pours, uh, uh, expensive beer. And all they really do is IPAs and sour IPAs. And they're good. They're solid beers. But I would say 7 out of 10. Um, number nine is Bridge and Tunnel. Basic, good, solid brewery. Um, number eight is a uh, transmitter. Uh, they make outstanding saisons um, and kind of Belgian-style beers. Number seven is Threes. Good IPAs, oh. Pale Hills. Um, six is Evil Twin. Uh, they do an assortment of beers. A lot of really out-there kind of beers. Very experimental stuff. Five is Ebbs. Uh, four is KCBC, um, outstanding on the stout and IPA front. Uh, number three, other half, some of the best IPAs you'll have. Number two, Inner Borough, an array of different beers, good stuff. Number one is Grimm, best IPAs you'll find, um, just top to bottom, cool place to go hang out, good place. So there you go. If you're in the Williamsburg, you- Greenpoint, Bushwick, bed area, check one of those out. Okay, so you've you've you brought me to threes, definitely. I think KCBC mm-hmm. as well, right? Might have been KCBC, yeah. I don't think that we went to Grimm. Uh, and what was the other one? What was number two? What was number three again? Interboro and then other half. Did you bring me to Interboro? Well, Shen, I don't remember what I did <laughs> last weekend. If you expect okay. me to remember me and you hanging out three years ago, it's gonna it's. It's unlikely. It was two years ago, but yeah, it does feel two like three. Um, <laughs> anyway, fine, how about our fine, guest for fine. today? Yes, we have a guest for today. Tony, tell us a little bit about him. <laughs> it's our, you know, I was giving my favorite breweries. This is our favorite guest here at at, um, at Waters uh, at the Waters Wavelength. It's uh, Bill Murphy. I think his fifth, maybe sixth uh, time back on the show. Uh, he's the former CTO of Blackstone. Um, uh, he is now at Cresting Wave, and uh, he's, I think, managing director there. Um, and we talk about 
kind of what his job there is at Crescent Wave, and it's about innovation discovery. So CTOs have so much on their plates. Um, there have been, you know, they just have so much to do now from cybersecurity to keeping up on new cloud technologies to keeping up on big data analytics, training platform, everything. So how do you discover new and innovative stuff? What's kind of best practices? We talk about talent. We talk about talent acquisition and the great resignation um, as CTOs are just struggling to not only do their day-to-day -day job, but keep talent and attract talent. So mm. as always, if you listen to Bill Murphy in the past, great conversation. So I think you all, I, I think you will all enjoy it. <laughs> well, I've listened to it a couple of times. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Till next weekend. See you later. All right. And now I am joined with uh, Bill Murphy. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that Bill is uh, one of our, uh, we have regulars that come back often, but I think it's like five or six times now for a Bill. Uh, Bill, first of all, thanks for being here again. Of course. Of course. It's a pleasure. You know, I guess I, I'm like the uh, Alec Baldwin or Tom Hanks of the uh, Waters Technology podcast. For so that's good. You're kind of like uh, I'm uh, Johnny Carson, and uh, you know you're kind of like uh, when and you're um, uh, uh, Gary Shandling, right? He was the one that would always kind of fill in there and there was the, like, the, right. the favorite I'll guest. That. I'll take that. That's a good comparison. <laughs> you know? well, so for, for those, back. of course, for those that don't, uh, just really quickly, uh, he was on the ground floor of Capital IQ there for over a decade. Uh, was CTO at uh, Blackstone for uh, almost about nine years, and now he's a managing director at Crescent Wave, which I might not describe this perfectly, but let me take a shot at it, and you can touch up what I mess up. But basically, helps CTOs by curating uh, kind of innovative tools, ideas, and offers this kind of white glove service. So, you know, what are your needs? What are your pain points? Here are some interesting tools that you should maybe look at since CTOs don't have all the time in the world to just look at everything that's out there as tech innovation, you know, the, the pace of it rapidly increases. Uh, did I get close on that? Did I do yeah, okay? Yeah, that's pretty good. I have to say, like, well done. Um, <laughs> you can do some marketing consulting here, uh, I, trust me, I will do some ghost work. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about innovation discovery today. Uh, so let's start off with this as kind of a as a touch point, as kind of the the news hook. But we hear a lot about the Great Resignation and how difficult it is to find uh, talent of all sorts. Actually, we just published a story um, where we talk about the the rise of open source and finding engineers that have open source skills. Uh, we talk about the recruiter. They said, when I put out a job, I mean a really good job, I might get 10 to 15 percent response, and 20 percent would be huge in the best times. These days, when I put one out that says remote, I'd probably say 85 percent to 90, uh, 85 to 90 percent of response I get is from people working at banks, people being forced to go back in. Technology don't want any part of it, but. It just goes to show you this this tough dynamic now that banks are having capital marks firms are really having to kind of navigate in this new world and as they're seeing talent being like you know what i don't want to be in new york anymore i want to go somewhere else or i want to have more op options so finding talent's difficult staying abreast of everything that's going on in the market from an innovation perspective is difficult where how do you see this challenge for CTOs as somebody that's sure. done the job for a decade? Yeah, totally. And, you know, essentially it, it, it a little bit of context on Cresting Wave. So we're we're talking to regularly hundreds of different tech leaders. And uh, the way we work is we understand their environment and then 
based upon an understanding of their environment, it's much, you know, that, that's a much better way to curate new ideas, right? It's you just come in blind, you don't know what to, you know, what could be helpful, right? So we try yeah. to develop a profile over time. And, you know, so we're constantly talking to them and talent, it's always been, it's always been like the top five challenges that a technologist faces, but like I have heard it more in the past year than ever to the point where I think people are almost throwing in the towel at times yeah. <laughs> because they're just resigned to the fact that it's it's really hard to recruit uh, great technical talent. So um, so I'd say it's, you know, to, 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 to borrow a spinal tap phrase, we've gone to 11 on the uh, on the talent is a problem uh, uh, front. Now, what that also does is like the 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 technologists the tech leader's job has is probably more important than it's ever been because technology is more important to every firm right and uh even if they could uh get the money to 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 fund new uh capacity they can't find the new capacity so that yeah. sort of leads like this oh my god i i'm i'm stuck i got to do more but i have the same amount of resources or less if they're uh, if they're resigning, right? And yeah. I think that that puts every technologist in like a really difficult bind. And what I've seen is they wind up focusing on the near term way too much, right? So then you know, and then if you focus only on the near term, it you know it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Like eventually, you know, you 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 degrade, right? It's sort of like the um, the infrastructure in the United States. <laughs> we, you know, now hopefully maybe we're we're funding it better uh, to actually rebuild some of these roads. But if you just say I'm just going to drive on that same road over and over again, and all I'm worried about is getting from here to there, and you know, let's never fix it, then eventually the road breaks down. And I think yeah. that that's the uh, the situation that everybody has is they're like, how far can I push the road, and I don't have time to redo it completely. So. Yeah. So that's that's why I feel passionately about about the the value proposition for Cresting Wave is uh, that that can't be the way the tech leaders live because it will not lead to success over the long haul. Maybe you can make through a year, year maybe you make through two years, but eventually you're like you're 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 destined for failure. What you need to be doing is figuring out okay, let me pave a different road and and get a faster car. And I can drive that much faster. I can create velocity in my development organization and my technology implementation by using the new tools. Mm -hmm. um, but you need time to look and, and find them. And it's hard to do that in a complex environment. I remember I was talking with a CTO at a midsize uh, investment bank uh, recently, and they were just talking about how uh, they're on uh, the AWS cloud for a large part of their systems, especially um, for this kind of uh, this this proprietary record book that uh, record keeping book that they created, and uh, they were saying about how difficult it is just to keep up with all the changes coming out of AWS, um, all the different new tools. What of these are actually going to be useful for us? What isn't? You know, like once a year you'll have that AWS conference where it's just a flood of new things that are coming out, right? So is that kind of what you're talking about? Is so let's say the new road is cloud. We'll use cloud as an example. I know there are other sure. avenues of innovation that we can certainly talk about, but if cloud is the avenue that we're, the road that we're talking about, and everybody wants to get there in some form or another. But it's more than just cloud. It's it's how do you keep up with the tools inside the cloud? How do you make sure that you're getting the most out of out of that experience? Right? Yeah, totally. And and there's thousands. So that's 
you know, there's hundreds of different in, uh, innovations that AWS is putting out. Microsoft's doing the same. Google's doing the same. Uh, you know, the other kind of yeah. uh, foundational players in, in technology are doing the same. And then the venture community has never funded growth companies as aggressively as they are today. Um, in the thousands of companies per year are funded funded well. So what that funding has done is enabled a lot of great new innovation and new products and so on, but it's also funded a tremendous amount of go-to-market activity. Um, and that flood is what, it's sort of walking down, if you're a tech leader, you know, you're walking down the street and it's so crowded, you can't, you can't even navigate, right? So yeah. you're, you know, you just stop going out because you're like, it's, I, I can't figure it out. So, so I, I, I think they hit on something, but uh, if they're feeling that, and I was feeling the same thing is like, if you're feeling it just from AWS, imagine what you're feeling from the world at large. So, you know, I, no, no one provider, Preston Web or otherwise, is going to be able to be, you know, omniscient about everything that's happening in the world. But certainly, you know, the wisdom of the crowds can help. If uh, we're talking to hundreds of people and we're talking to tens of VC funds and we're meeting all these companies and I've sat in the chair, we're just trying to make it that much easier by like shrinking the possibilities so that if you're if you're going to spend an hour a month or three hours a month looking at new things, you might as well make it make it count. Whereas sometimes you just, you know, you spend three hours a month going to a conference that doesn't yield anything. That's a big investment. Uh, so that curation is is the is the inefficiency that we're trying to solve. Not the Waters Technology Conferences. Those conferences, you're going to learn everything you need. They're fantastic. You know? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So it's always been, especially in the in uh, the, the capital market space, I felt I feel like CTOs are a bit gun shy. It's the old uh, saying, like, uh, what is it? You never get fired for uh, for going with IBM. You know, it's kind of like that idea of you know, kind of safe, why are, you know, you don't want to push the boundaries too quickly. It's not the move fast, break things, Silicon Valley ethos that's been in the right. past. Yep. But as technology evolves, you do have to start changing, the, the industry is going to have to start changing its mindset toward being a little bit more aggressive, toward uh, maybe more risk-taking, I guess. Is that a fair assessment of, of, of how you see the market moving that that we're banking um and cap markets and you know for oms stuff like that you kind of went with the traditional player you went with traditional tools that around us now there's so much on offer are you kind of saying that firms need to be a little bit more uh willing to take risks or am i, am I getting that wrong you know i mean i think that it, it's a, con a continuum right like your most critical systems it's the hardest thing to replace and you know and it's like open heart surgery versus uh you know cosmetic surgery so i you know try to start on the ones that are a little bit less risky um yeah. but i guess my overall point is you know cybersecurity is an area where i think everyone has to lean forward that's a good example the mm -hmm. the adversaries are leaning forward coming up with new ways the, the technology environment is continues to grow and you have to protect wherever that growth is, right? So there's an area that like sitting back and waiting for the IBMs of the world or whatever is not yeah. a good and really not a good call. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the other things, like you can start with, you know, if you're, if you're building a new neighborhood, to go back to the road analogy, if you're building a new neighborhood, let's make that road especially fast, yeah. right? Um, and start there. And the way to do that is to, to look at the tools that you're having and really set it up for the future instead of always be incremental 
in in their thinking. Um, it's by no means a, a, an easy uh, uh, solution. And if I had a, a magic bullet, like I I would be uh, I'd be selling it all day long. I mean, it is it is a question of making good individual decisions. But the point I guess I want to make is just like you have to be prioritizing for how is how is my organization going to be able to deliver more three years from now than I'm delivering today? Okay. And I don't think enough people are, they need to value that a little bit more, which means, okay, in in three years, I can envision taking some of those major generational projects on, right? Whereas if I'm only thinking three months, it's like impossible to 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 feel like you can get the open heart surgery, you know, replace the trading system or, yeah. you know, or anything. So I think a, a, a longer term strategy is critical. Well, I think, that, okay, so walk me through it. I find it interesting, but I think that many of our listeners, you know, so I'm sure that some of our listeners are going to be CTOs already, but for those that aren't, that want to one day become a CTO, if somebody had sat in that seat, take me through what is the process like today for a CTO that is trying to just go through the day-to-day of, you know, of their job? How are they going about that today? What are some of the impediments that they're facing that you that you face in your own yeah, career yeah, no, and that, I think you, that, that you want to improve on? Yeah, absolutely. And and the impediments, like the normal planning process and uh, planning, budgeting, compensation cycles, uh, you know, it's the same reason it's to, to go back to politics, right? It's if 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 a president is going to be in for four years and they're and they do a bill that is not going to pay off for 10, it's mm-hmm. much harder to get them motivated around that. Right. Yeah. So because the planning cycles are short and because the, the compensation cycles are short and and there's this we have to have immediate payoff or anything. That's the stress that everybody's feeling. And I think, yeah. you know, what what we really need to do is like you need to be better and say, I'm going to define what the North Star is and I'm going to keep searching for ways to get there faster and, you know, and not just be reactive to the day to day pressures that you're going to feel. You know, show me the ROI in the next six months of this project is like a, is it's just a terrible question for a long-term technology strategy that's not going to pay off for two or three years. And, you know, you're just optimizing the past instead of building for the future in a lot of cases. Uh, and that's what prevents the major transitions from happening. Is that, was it easier for you to, to have that philosophy in year six, seven of one year CTO, as opposed to that year one, two, three, you know, you understand like that, that pressure that's on you in the beginning. Especially. Yeah. I actually think the the beginning might be the easiest time because there's a honeymoon period okay. where you it's can like the first of, year of the president, go back to politics. The first year of the presidency will give you some right, leeway. You have, there. Like, you know, there's, you, you have a, a, a period of time where you can define where you want to be and people, you know, you sort of get the benefit of the doubt. So I'd say be bold in that period of time. Um, mm-hmm. But then constantly try to refresh what that boldness means. But I, it does become um, it becomes harder and harder at times, uh, you know, obviously, depending upon business conditions and in the given business and and your leadership's uh, buy in to to new technology. I mean, we, I've seen everything across the, the firms we talk to. Um, and, you know, if you have a leader who's like really technology first as a CEO, that's like that's hugely enabling. Um, and, uh, and obviously if you have a growing business, uh, where, you know, 
where resources aren't as much of a problem, it's easier. And if you have, uh, and then I guess the last uh, measure is how risky is what you're doing, right? Um, if you're running a nuclear power plant, you're going to take a lot less risks than if you're running a, you know, a, a restaurant or something. So, uh, you know, you got to factor that all in and uh, and just resist some of the the near termism. I guess is the major uh, the major message that I have. Well, so you brought up a point before about cybersecurity, something that people need to lean in on. I think that there's there's a little bit of a hopelessness that that some people feel like, you know, how do you know what the, the, the you're always going to be behind. It's kind of like steroid users, right? Steroid users are always going to be a step ahead of the drug testers. Cyber, uh, the, the hackers, you know, in, in so many ways are going to have a leg up because they're going to be trying to new things before the rest of the community can kind of really fully catch up. So, you know, there is a little bit where I think that you know, you're hoping that, all right, hopefully my technology providers are doing their end. I'm going to try and do everything on my end. But so give me an example of how you would, I understand you, you can't give away any specifics, but a hypothetical example of how you would go about um, looking at innovative new tools for uh, a firm that is, uh, that wants to bolster and be better prepared for the cybersecurity yeah, risk yeah. of the next few years. Totally. And I think that the good thing, right, on this, the message that I've had is that the new tools continue to get easier to implement than tools before. So there is mm -hmm. some real positives here. OK, so. Um, so cyber is a little different than the steroid use case, that metaphor that you brought up, because you don't necessarily have to. You, you, don't have to, you just have to not be the slowest gazelle in the herd in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. So, um, but, you know, you should strive to be the fastest one so you make sure you get away from everything, right? Yeah. Um, I, my view is that there's some basics in cybersecurity that people should be doing well. You know, email security is, is critical. Multi-factor authentication on everything is critical. Keeping everything patched and up to speed is critical. Um, and then, you know, your privileged accounts are your most vulnerable or they have access to the most stuff. So controlling those well is another piece. Your cloud configuration continues to go fast and or change quickly and, and iterate, making sure that you have that under control. So there's just like make a list of the number of use cases in the security stack. And then I would say try to get the lean forward vendors in every one of those use cases because there are great new solutions in all of those and like they're not as hard to implement as you may think um yeah. you know so i'd say the the leaning forward is probably cyber is probably the place it's easiest to do um because it's not as disruptive as as it is in some other you know business systems cto as, as you well know there's so many different battlefronts that you're trying to cover, right? Whether it's cybersecurity, whether it's your order execution management system, making sure that's all up to date, making sure that your analytics that you're that that you're using the newest best kind of tools for analytics. Then you have this whole thing around AI and how that can just spider web and machine learning, natural language processing and deep learning, all these kind of different things, much less than you have your your reporting, your reg tech community, right? A lot of different fronts, a lot of different battlefronts. How it is overwhelming. There isn't enough time. How is it that it's not overwhelming then for for what you guys are trying to do for kind of a white glove service as you as you as you yeah, said? Yeah, no, I mean, and like I said, there's no omniscient like we're not omniscient about it. We're just 
we're trying to, it's sort of like the consortium model of anything, right? If, if one person can learn and then disseminate to many, it's easier than everybody learning from scratch, right? So yeah. there's no magic bullet, it, it, um, but hopefully we can, for hundreds of organizations, make it, you know, 30 percent better or something like that um and that's what we're striving for the good thing is for us is we're helping once we identify game uh, game changing technology we work with them commercially to help them uh, get access to the tech leaders so we're not actually charging the tech leader community so whether yeah. it's five percent twenty percent or fifty percent better um you know it's worth the price of admission because the price is zero. <laughs> uh you know the um but we're excited to to build that and we do think that there's there's other things we can do with like this wisdom of the crowds the network that we're building can be really valuable because now you're not only learning from me you're learning from each other because we're we're taking in the feedback you know we're introducing technologies to people and then we're learning oh what's working what is it and then we can we can bring that to the rest of our community in a way that's that's really efficient and and sort of done for you. And that's really how CTOs work today. They just happen to have their five other friends who are CTOs and they call them, did you have a problem with this? I don't know, did this work? And um, you know, it, it can work that way and that's how I did it. But um, I think we can like, we're trying to mechanize that a little bit to make it easier to scale. Well, and okay, so let's then talk about then the the kind of the startup community, I guess, the fintech community, the the Series ABC uh, funding community. You know, we were talking uh, recently about um, VCs that there's so much money now going into all these different uh, kind of providers, and that's a good thing. The I guess the negative effects is. You know, some of that's going toward um, uh, toward talent, you know, uh, buying talent, going toward a product, a lot of that going toward going out to market, getting kind of the word out there, which creates, uh, as you said, I, I think it was a cacophony of kind of noise around that. Yep. Explain to me why that's such a challenge, to, why that's more of a challenge today than it was in the past and, you know, how you kind of try and break through something like that. Well, because there's so much money to be to be put towards the go to market at times. There is uh, sort of like you could be a little bit more wasteful, right? Um, yeah. I still remember having some discussions with. So back in the day when processing power was really expensive in your machines, you had to tune your queries to run so fast, and it was all about the code. And I remember having a number of discussions and sort of battles sometimes with with folks where they're like, "Who cares how fast it is? We've got unlimited compute in the cloud, right?" Yeah. And uh, you know, so that that abundance leads to bad code in that example, right? Yeah. And I think the same is true for, for the go-to-market of, uh, of some companies. You know, it's like they're so, they're just, let's just try everything. And eventually something will hit instead of tactical, you know, well-defined. And, and unfortunately on the other side, you know, in the one example, you're just paying more for more computers or more compute, right? But in in the in the let, let's just spray and pray you're actually stealing time from from these tech leaders who you know you send out an email you get them to have a meeting with you uh and that's not a good meeting if you're the salesperson you're like great i got a meeting it didn't work but okay yeah. whereas if if you know if you're able to entice the person and it was a terrible fit you've now stolen 30 minutes or an hour from that person forever they're never getting that back right so it's uh and as you said before ctos talk to each other and then that that 
bad word of mouth goes around too, right? Right. Well, yeah, for sure. So I think that, you know, it also leads to potentially going to market a little bit early because like you, it's important to get into market quickly and get good feedback from the right people. But going to market broadly before you're ready, before your product is big enough, before you're, it does enough, it, it meets enough use cases, before you've truly gotten product market fit can be really damaging, right? Because everybody talks and sometimes you only get one you only get one at bat with uh, yeah. with these folks, and um, so I do see that that mistake kind of compounding itself too. Is because of the flood of of resources, people are getting to market um, a, a little bit too broadly, too quickly. Okay, and one other thing. So to use uh, your analogies are better than my analogies. I'll give you that. Uh, when we were talking last time, you were talking about how. Uh, all these streaming services there's just there's so many good tv shows out there there's so many bad tv shows out there, but just so much out there it can be overwhelming and so you end up just uh, i think said uh, watching seinfeld you know for <laughs> me it's I'm, I'm turning on the wire again for like the the 50th time you're know, like just watching that start to back so your advice to ctos today um knowing that there's so much out there what are the first steps you know, what, what are some of the things that they need to sit down and start having discussions with their teams about, all right, let's rethink about how we're going about this, how we're doing things. What would you say is kind of best practice on that front? Yeah, I think that the key is first, um, the key is obviously work with Cresting Wave right now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the understanding where, where where we can get better and, and measure how fast we're going, right? Mm -hmm. And then use use that to really manage your technical excellence because how fast you're 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 uh, you're driving the car is like ultimately you're going to win over a longer journey if you're going 30 miles an hour and you know and and somebody else is going 20 they may have a huge head start but you'll eventually catch them and it's certainly if it's exponential you can really catch them um it's like f1 racing right it's you know the, the difference in the cars is you know you could Somebody got a big lead, but if if you don't have the right car set up, then Mercedes is just going to blow by you at some point. I think point. you just beat me on an analogy here. That yes. was a good one, you know? I mean, well done. So, yes, that's totally true. So, constantly be assessing your race car mm -hmm. and then thinking about ways to make your race car better, even though your your you know, your your customers, your whoever you're delivering the projects for, don't really care about your race car. They're like, I just care about getting from here to there. And you're like, okay, I understand that. But like the CTO needs to have a strategy to always be in a race car that, that succeeds um, and it moves quickly because, you know, then they can take more passengers, more round trips. Everybody's happy. Well, you see, you know, some people will be like, you know, what the hell, Tony? You know, I want to come on. Talk. It's like I've known Bill now for many, many years and he's always been uh, great. Uh, and, and so I, I know him well enough to know that, Yes, you know, sometimes, you know, he might talk about his company, but at the end of the day, I believe actually what he's saying, because I've been listening to him now for a good decade plus. Uh, talking well, thank about you for thank you stuff. for humoring me and uh, and 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 letting me talk about this. Like I said, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't feel it's like a passionate problem. And ultimately, regardless of whether anybody works with us, like it's the same it's the same way to solve the problem. Right. Is like have an awareness of your race car, understand all the different pieces and then spend a decent amount of effort figuring out how to get better tires and better steering wheel and have the right gas in the car. And, you know, ultimately that that's the technology strategy that's focused on the long run instead of focusing on the short run. 
Okay, I got one more big question for you. It's a question that we usually ask you. Um, started with uh, Dandy Francesco the first okay. time that you're on, but uh, NBA Finals. Uh, who, who? What do you got? Who? What's your prediction? Oh, well, I am like, I am really enjoying the Golden State revival. I didn't like when they had Durant. It was it ruined the ball movement, yeah. and it's back. And we're like, it's must see TV in my house to watch Golden State. So I'm I'm uh, I'm really hoping that they make it and. You know, whether they if they beat Durant and Harden in the finals, uh, I guess that'd be cool for New York to have a team in there. And it would be fun for me to watch no good basketball. Beat, Brooklyn, beat yeah, basketball. no considers Brooklyn to be like a New York team, even though. <laughs> yeah, you're in Brooklyn, though. Come on, your team yeah. there, Anthony. <laughs> well, it's funny because like, I was at the bar last night uh, and watching uh, the Knicks game. Just everybody was just so pissed just like watching them get off such a terrible everybody they had like hope and it's like i don't know were they really that good last year was kind of a bit of an anomaly for them so i gotta say the, the last thing to say about the nba though they they got rid of the people lunging into each other to yeah. just draw fouls and ruin the game and it's there's an example of like finally somebody thinking you know long term uh you know let, let's like make it actually enjoyable for yeah for let's, the fans so yeah let's awesome. have some fun here exactly yeah, so totally all right, man. Well, we'll, ca- we'll catch up uh, later on next year and see uh, how you were with your prediction. Sounds great, man. That's great.